0: Andy, welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of Betfair Chase, Begand at up Very much looking forward to some cracking racing across Ireland and the UK over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Delighted to welcome, as always, Mr. Tony Calvin. Hey, TC, how are we? Yeah, good. Busy morning, but uh, yeah, yeah. Here on duty.
1: Good stuff. You've been up since 4 a.m. as usual. Dan Barber, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. And obviously, you'll introduce the main man in a minute, but yeah. Privilege yeah. to be working with Ruby. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know why we have Ruby on. Actually, Ruby, have you ever even ran this race? I don't know what this, why the significance of you
0: in the Bedford Chase, but it's good to have you on board anyway.
2: I don't know either, uh, Hugh. <laughs> I'm not overly sure why I'm here. i usually on the other side.
0: Ah, sure. Listen, you know, we thought, we thought we'd thought we have you on for this weekend. Um, obviously, look, Cato Starr, huge memories, my favourite horse of all time and the Ford Bedford Chase. Bristol Demay is aiming to to kind of notch one up on Kano Star here, Ruby, which I have to say, as much as I like Bristol to me, I think it'd be an absolute disgrace if he managed to emulate Kano kind of Star's achievement. So that's just my own view. But look, in terms of the fourth one, obviously it must have been a bit special. Haydock as a track. Um, how did you find
2: it? Ah, yes, Look, he was he was an incredible horse. Um, my, my my biggest or strongest memory of him is probably his very first Betfair Chase. Hugh uh, back when he won the Betfair Million uh, way back when two thousand mm six it probably was. It was seven when he won the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. So six would have been in Haydock. But um that was the day that it kind of dawned on me that wow, this could be this could be really special. Um he was spectacular that day. Obviously there were some fighting wins after that beating Imperial Commander coming back to beat long run. Um he fell at the last another year when uh one of Peter Bones won it. Um Snoopy, Snoopy Thomas, Loopy yeah, Loopy, yeah. 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 that Thomas wasn't Ruby
1: falling
2: off though. <laughs> no no for a change it wasn't me. But um <laughs> Yeah, look, he was an incredible horse, and yeah, obviously the last one reception wise, crowd wise, was spectacular. But um, his first one was the day that, that always ling- lingers in my mind.
1: And 50, I was go going to man. say fifty nine, fifty nine Cheltenham Festival winners, is that right? Fifty nine or sixty, Ruby? Well, it's a, it's not a bad lineup there's fifty nine Cheltenham Festival winners from you. And us three fat lads have never ridden a Cheltenham loser, so we're doing all right, aren't we? There we go, unbeaten record. Yeah, fantastic. I, just the
0: thing about Cotter Star as well. Before we move on and get stuck in, really the fact that he was able to do it, like Bristol to May, is, 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 I guess has a reputation for doing it around Haydock. There are horses that, um, some courses seem to suit better, and given the style, maybe if it's flatter, maybe if it's you know more undulating, the stamina. But Cotter Starr could do it at any course, and that's I think what made him such a popular horse. He could do it anywhere.
2: Yeah, but look, it takes a special horse to be ready enough to win a grade one in November and still be winning them in March. Yeah. Um, you know, to be to be that peaked and that ready.
3: And that's how good Cardo Star was. Yeah, no, fantastic. Just, just before we leave that, within 2011, the fourth win, Ruby, when was it hatched that he was going to make the running there? And Obviously, Paul had him hard fit there. How far out was you know, the forcing tactics. Was that, that, caught, that caught me and I think a lot of people by surprise.
2: Yeah, he, yeah I suppose it did. But the other side of that kind is Tony. He had been in front a long way from home in a couple of King George's prior to that. Um, and yeah, he, he was ridden pretty handily the year before. Um, but I guess it was having dinner the night before with Paul. Obviously, we were in Haydock on the Friday as well. So, um, I stayed in one of those magnificent hotels just there beside the race course in Heydock, and um, I think we had dinner and Paul said look he's mad fit the others mightn't be I think we'll try and ride him for fitness tomorrow um, I agreed I didn't see any reason why not but he, we had been riding him closer to the pace in his previous runs He was, I rode him much closer to the pace in the 0-9 Gold cup than I did in 0-7 um, as he was getting older he was getting a bit slower so um, yeah I might have caught you by surprise but when you look back at it and actually look back at his runs he shouldn't have caught you
0: mm-hmm. yeah no, brilliant memories great stuff look we're going to look into uh, this year's race in, in a couple of minutes time obviously Ireland's uh, looking to win it for the first time when Henry Devon heads horse the Tarr but um, it's a fascinating contest we'll start off with the 150 lads at Haydock on the card the double daily rewards of Betfair graduation chase it's uh, 2 miles 5 furlongs Brave Man's Game, um, TC, it's not really a betting uh, proposition this race for many people, unless you think Brave Man's Game is vulnerable at four to seven. Itchy Feed is in there at seven to two. A Little bit of support, Folly Murphy's horse in from nine to two to seven to two. Pay the Piper five to one, and 16s is Al-Nadam for the Skeletons. Brave Man's Game, the most likely winner for a lot of people. Is there a betting proposition here? It's a four-runner race.
3: Yeah, I um, I had a bet on this race yesterday. I I thought Itchy Feet at nine to two was was a bit big. Um, so I had a small bet on him. He's now into seven to two, and, but he, I think you can still get four to one plus on the exchange. And I thought that was too big. Now we all know about Brave Man's game's potential. Uh, we know how good he was, uh, New and Abbott when beating the future. If fortunate, Charlie Hall winner. Uh, I'm not sure how ready future raffles was that day, and he was obviously getting a lot of weight. But you know, it'd be churlish to. You know, to, to quibble with what Brave Man's Games did there, but Itchy Feet is a Grade One winner. Uh, beat Shadow Midnight Shadow in the Silly Isles, ran as well as he's ever done uh, in first time cheap pieces in the Old Rowan uh, on his comeback, and obviously a Midnight Shadow Frank the Form it was it was in further. Frank the last weekend, so I think from from what they've done at the moment over fences, Itchy Feet is is. is he's overpriced at four to one against him. And, uh, you know, it's not my kind of betting race normally, but, uh, that nine to two and the four to one pretty much lured me in, but itchy feet, there are problems with him. He's, he does make a far, uh, too many mistakes, uh, you know, to be, to be confident about him. And he doesn't travel that kindly. And you can see if brave man's games gets on the front end and gets into a rhythm, you can see him being very hard to peg back, but on what we've seen over fences to date, uh, and what, uh, what, um, Itchy Feet did first time at uh, Aintree I thought 4 to 1 was was big enough uh, for me to, to tempt me in there Are you impressed by Brave Man's game, Ruby? Is he a horse that you like?
2: Yeah, I thought he was very good in Newton Abbott. I thought he knew exactly what he was doing um, and even though that was a graduation chase and so is this, so is this the horse's wit the experience didn't put Brave Man's game under any pressure early in the race they never went daddy's jumping they never tried to expose or use their experience against his inexperience but that said you have to ride horses the way they like to be ridden and the way that they best perform and when you look at this race as well Hugh itchy feet pay the piper and um, Alderdam none of the three of them are out now front runners none of them go hard and drag horses so I, I think it'll set up for brave man's game again and he looked very nimble and very sure what he was doing at Newton Abbott
0: Yeah he did and, and his record as well he's got a lot of ones beside his, his name in terms of the form figures Dan and there might be some people uh, who are known to like short price favourites who might be interested back in the four to seven of the weekend.
1: Yeah, not too the, many of
0: them,
1: but uh, they're glum. like <laughs> one. Q Harhill, I think he quite likes those. Um, no, I, of course, Brave Man's game is the best prospect, but we're not looking for the best prospect. We're looking for what's the bet on the day. And I'm with Tony. I think I think Itchy Feet is is underrated, really, in that certainly in the market. I'm not saying his official ratings like isn't sufficient. But we're dealing here with the horse who was second to all mankind. The third horse, Midnight Shadows, come out and won a Paddy Power Gold Cup straight after. I'm interested in Ruby's views on this, but I think Aintree is an extremely hard jumping track where the fences are stiff and they come up quite thick and fast in the back straight. I think at Haydock you've possibly got a bit more time to organise yourself. So hopefully his jumping isn't the concern that it has been at Aintree. But he still ran an absolute smasher. And looking at Brave Man's game, the bare form, the big breakaway he would have finished second. Ran like a diseased goat, the other day. He ran an absolute, absolutely terrible race in that match. And he was getting lumps off the runner-up. I think he was getting £12 off Fusil Raffles. who basically fell in in the Charlie Hall. He might have been beaten 20 lengths if Shamblu had stood up. So just the form doesn't align to the price. The potential aligns to the price, definitely. But I agree with Tony. The itchy feet for a stable that are having their best run of form they've had in possibly since they started is a value bet against a short-price favourite.
0: OK, good stuff. So lads, um, itchy feet seems to be consensus but Brave Man's game probably the most likely winner but in terms of value um, see what you make of that. The 2.25 is the Bet for Exchange Stairs Handicap Hurdle Race uh, just over three miles here. It's a money back special as well on this uh, the Betfair Stairs Hurdle. So if your horse fails to finish first, second, third or fourth then Betfair will refund losing bets up to £10 or €10 Euro as a free bet on both the exchange and the sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply as always. You can check out uh, the promo on the hub at Betfair. So if your horse finishes, fails to finish first, second, third, fourth, then they're going to refund Lizzie Bets up to 10 euro or 10 pounds on the exchange or the sportsbook, which is a pretty decent uh, value if you are going to have a bet in this race. And sure, why not? The um, 2.25, so right place, right time is your five to one. It's, it's open enough, five to one favorite at the time of recording for Emmett Mullins. You've got Orby's Legend 11 to 2, for Philip Hobbs, rigs 11 to 2, bass rock, or bass rock, I should say, at uh, 15 to 2, a uh, flight deck 8 to 1, it's 11 to 1 bar. Dan, you can kick us off here, wide open contest, good offer from the sports we exchange here if you do fancy a bet on this one, but uh, where is the Dan Barber money going, please?
1: Yeah, the old file to me, Pines for the days when this, this was a brush hurdles race and it was a real, a mm. uh, proper, proper race, an unusual race, you didn't get yeah, you get brush hurdles elsewhere, but none in uh, Haydock in a race like, of, of that calibre. It's as hot as usual. Orby's legend comes into it on the back of winning a really strong silver trophy, but he's going up a lot in trip. He's not exactly bred to relish. It Maybe he will stay. I think the best value bet, particularly with the additional pra- places, etc., is did they leave you out too, each way? Yeah. Um, Yes, he's not the horse that he promised to be when he was whizzing round a Lingfield bumper on his debut and stuff. But he's sort of been reinvented as a staying type lately. That started on the flat. It's continued back jumping. He closed all the way to the line at Newbury against the the re-opposing Stony Mountain. Who I thought got a soft, pretty much had the control of that race from a fair way out. He had a, a fairly easy lead from a fair way out. So I think they leave you out too. He's bound to run well again. He's already fit and firing for the season he's not a slow stayer by any means. He has got a bit of pace. He's got loads of form at shorter. So if it becomes tactical, bear in mind, it's that sharp inside track and the ground is, it is much quicker than it's it normally is at this re, this meeting. I thought he was a value bet, but I, I, I'm, I've am i got to keep uh, Riggs on side as well. I mean, I heard Paul described Dan as mini-me, didn't he, the other week? So he calls him mini-me. They do seem to have massive similarities between the two in that just ability to prep horses for the right race and I thought there was an air of a sight for Riggs at Aintree he wasn't given an unduly hard time was left in a poor position so I'm I'm quite strong on him towards the head of the betting but I think did the, they leave you out too with the extra places is is good value uh, amongst the bigger ones
0: Okay, did they be out too for, for Dan 14 to 1 I like if the cap fits after his run at uh, Aintree last time I think he's around about 12 to 1 so I haven't had a bet yet but I, I probably will back him each way Ruby, who do you like in this?
2: I like the favourite. It's hardly hardly original, Hugh. And I know people will look at his mark and think, whoa, he's been hammered by the handicapper. 110 was his last official rating in Ireland when trained by Kevin O'Donnell runs here off a 125 in the UK. But I think at 110, you can conservatively add on eight or nine regardless. And then if you go back through right place, right times form, it's only November of 2020 when he was actually rated 116. So. I don't think he's been smashed. I thought he absolutely hosed up in Ferry House mm-hmm. in an novice chase in his last start when he beat Yabo. Didn't, I can make excuses for him in Sligo, didn't jump great behind break even at Galway, reverting the hurdles. The one unknown is Harry Kimber. I don't know Harry Kimber. He's only 15 or 16 winners ridden, but obviously Emmett Mullins and Paul Byrne have been watching him. And they I think right place, right time could potentially be a little bit of a blot here. And um, I'm going mm-hmm. with him.
0: Uh, yeah, it'd be unlike Emmett Mullins to have a plot, wouldn't it, Ruby? Ha! Harry Kipper as well. <laughs> 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 so, what about you, TC? Are you with the plot job or are you looking further down I the think, field?
3: I think right place, right time is obviously very, very interesting. Apparently, the uh, the owner who likes a punt as uh has backed it at 12s, anti-post and um he's obviously coming here with a good uh, a, a good chance. Um there's not a lot of pace in this race. Uh, Martinal winning's everything, and obviously right place, right time. The key to that horse last time maybe you know, they they made the running on him for, for uh, you know for the first time it was, it was a departure from their the tactics immediately before that anyway. So yeah, he could right place, right time. I think you, you've got to be very very worried about that horse. The one the one, one that I like and I I hope he's ridden more more to the fore than he, than he has been is uh, Don Levant. now. The price has pretty much gone on this. It was 20s when the when the betting opened up after Dex yesterday with the, with the Betfair sportsbook, and it's and it was just all one-way traffic: 18, 16s, 14, 12s, 10s. Um, but I think there's still some mileage each way. Five places, uh, double-figure price with him. Um, the issue probably might well be the 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 three miles. Uh, he's not from five over three miles, but that was a couple of years ago. And if you go back and have a look at the Doncaster run over an extended three miles, when well, he actually made the running. Um, I think that prove he stays. He ran a massive eye catcher, obviously in the Welsh Champion Hurdle over two miles first time up. Um, if Isabel Williams um, rides, it can get him, you know, midfield. I don't like horses that, that have got stamina doubt about them. I don't like them being dropped out, anchored last. I would rather them being a bit a bit up there, especially over a track uh, on on quick ground at Haydock. So yeah, Don Levant to me just up a pound from that eye catching fossilas um, run. Up to three miles, and I think he's shaped like a stair in the Coral Cup, and when set a good second at Aintree over two mile four. So I think the three miles actually could be the making of him, rather than rather than a negative. So Don Levant to me, uh, each way five places. Uh, if you can get any double figure prices, so I think that's that's very fair.
0: Excellent, and back from sixteens into elevens uh, uh, at the time of recording. Okay, guys, that brings us on nicely to the Bedford Chase Grade One. Um, three miles and a furlong around Haydock here. A charges is a six to four favorite for Henry de Bromhead. Bristol to May at 10 to three, going for four-time winner of this race. Waiting patiently, six to one. Next destination for Paul Nichols is in there at 13 to two. Royal Pagai is interesting for Venetia Williams. Again, eight to one in Puriola. And look, it's how would you like about the rest. Right, Ruby? Um, I like the favorite here. I love that Plutard is a horse. I, I'm still in shock at him taking down <laughs> Um, Shaq and Persoie over a shorter distance. And um, I thought that perhaps he he might be kind of kept at that. But he seems to obviously step up no problem. A second of the Gold Cup last year. And I think he's going to take all the beating here. The ground has obviously been his favour. But uh, what's your view on this?
2: I, I suppose my view is, Hugh, that this is... You just go back to his form. I mean, 24th of November 2018, second to Dr. Mikey. That was his first run for Henry de Bromhead. We'll go to 2019, 10th of November, 2nd to Ballyoshin in the 4th Tria. We'll go to 2020, second 2nd to pa- Castle Grace Paddy in Navan in November. A Plutar's record tells you he takes a run first time out. Now you could argue the 4th Tria is 2 miles, he's a true 3-miler, ma- etc. But he's a better horse than Castle Grace Paddy, whom, whom, whom beat, who beat him last year in the 4th Tria. And that is the one worry with a Plutard. Does he win first time up? And then you look at Henry de Bromhead's winners from the Cheltenham Festival last year. Tell me something girl Run over in Punchestown Last week Manila Indo Got beaten in Down Royal By Frodon Um, Bob Ollinger Hasn't run yet Quilixias Run over in Nace uh, Put the kettle on Run over last Sunday In the Schlur. And Honeysuckle Hasn't run yet So Envoy Allen Who got beaten Won in Down Royal But that was no race So the rest of Henry's Have taken a run And this is a horse That notoriously takes a run so I think there is a concern in there in that that has to be factored into whatever bet you'll have. And then you look at the opposition. Bristol Demai, he's a 10-year-old, loves it around Haydock, but it's usually a bug. And they're going to be a bog tomorrow. Waiting patiently, he's having his first run for Christian Williams. Maybe a change of scenery might spark a bit of enthusiasm into him. Royal Pagai, when you saw him win in Haydock last year, he was on testing ground. Now, he did be Captain Orr at, at Kempton on decent ground, but that was off a rating of 140. He was a handicapped blot. He was always going to do that. Imperial aura is unknown at the trip. I can't see Chatham Street lad being good enough for Clondagh Castle. So what do you go back to with the opposition that you know it's going to be primed that could be going in the right direction and it brings you to next destination as the the value bet. Um, Eight runners. He's 13-2. to I'm going to be safe here but I think he's an each-way bet to nothing.
0: I really like this horse. Um, like he is, he's old enough now. I mean, he has been around a, a good bit, and obviously, recently, overheard it. But he did, he did spend an awful lot of time out of the track as well. He did have that injury for a long time. He's, he's
2: um, nine, but he's had twelve runs in his life.
0: Exactly, and so, mm-hmm. so like you look at his age, and then you look at the amount of races he has. He's he's very much um, lightly raced. Um Dan Barber, and I, I think that could probably you know, if you factor in that as well, I, I, he's not a bad price. Um, and the favourite, as Ruby said, with all those
1: reasons and Henry's first time out record. Maybe he's a little bit short for people. He's willing to take him on. Yeah, I've totally, I, I pretty much echo everything Ruby said, certainly about a Plutard. I mean, Henry's had, I think, 13 winners in the last month. Only three of them have been first time out. Um, Captain Guinness was one, of course. Um, Note but one, didn't he, first time out? So a couple of his higher profile ones have won, but I agree. I mean, the performance of Man- Manella Indo, who ties in so close with the Plutard, is arguably the most concerning. Um, pointer towards whether a blue tide will be ready or not as Ruby says there's a history of him needing the run like, you're getting beaten by Castle Grace Paddy first time out you're 20 25 pounds below your best or <laughs> similar so I'm looking to take him on as well my concern is I just don't believe all eight will stand the ground because the ground's completely different to how it normally is <laughs> Royal Pagai is he going to run away from heavy ground Bristol May will, I'm sure, run regardless. But I fear that one will drop out. So I'm actually thinking each way isn't the way to go because we're probably going to end up two places. And I'm going to chance uh, Kim Bailey's horse, Imperial Aura. I like him anyway. He might be as well-equipped as any in a Fair chase. It's going to be a bit unusual because he's got lots of form over shorts. Look, he was completely taken out of his comfort zone by probably the most devastating Shelton performance I've ever seen from Alaho last season and he ended up bleeding. That's the that's the extent that he pushed himself. He's had a wind up since though. Bailey and Bass were chatting to Dave Bass um, at Market Raising on Thursday and he was saying that maybe they've been training him a bit more this time around to get them to come on for a run rather than being ready. But he won with one yesterday, the Edgar Wallace, who was ridden in that classic Bailey and Bass style. So I rate the horse a lot. Good record, fresh. He had strong novice form and... I don't want to hold that Cheltenham performance against him because he was a he was a coming force, and I thought it was a win-only value bet, small stakes, about eight or nine to one. Yeah, nine to one. Um bit of support from 12s uh, for him and TC for yourself. Then
3: you're looking at you're obviously looking to take on the favourite here, yeah. Uh, it's it's now Appleton's now two point nine on the exchange, and I wouldn't be going to fifteen to eight over fifteen to eight to lay him given these form credentials. I fully understand the first time out record. I, you know, I pinpointed that on when I did my anti-post column on Monday. But um yeah, I mean, I think the percentage call is to side against him. I went with waiting patiently eight to one each way three places. Uh incidentally, Dan, if you are worried about the non-runner angle, um when the BetFair Exchange each way market comes up, the 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 original place stands there just with one yeah. four. for. So if the each way market is up and there's still eight runners in it when they load it. Then you get your free places, regardless of if there's any non runners afterwards. So that's something to bear in mind if you are worried about a, a late non. Uh, but waiting patiently, we've made basically because of the um, the Christian Williams angle. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean Jefferson's done particularly well with with obviously a problematic horse, won a fair chase, and obviously a, a great second to throw it on in the King George. So we're not looking too far back for for that horse's you know to have a. To have a good run if he reproduces that i think um i think the best when fresh i think if the stable switch does the business um obviously that's a positive the ground's not going to be an issue and christian williams has said in his interviews recently that he doesn't see stamina being an issue for the horse given that you know given he trains on very testing uh gallops and he, he doesn't seem the the three miles going to be a problem and obviously the the quicker ground than usual is going to put the less emphasis on stamina as well. So hmm. waiting patient. I'm I'm not going to press up on a, an anti-post bet I've had there, but uh, I think waiting patiently, seven to one, uh, is still a fair win in each way for us.
0: Okay, good stuff, folks. That is the for Chase. One more on the card before we move to Ascot. The My Odds Boost on for Handicap Chase. It's uh, again, just over three miles and a furlong. Uh, short enough field, I think just the seven runners in total. Yeah, seven runners here. And um, strictly a dancer is your 13 to eight Favourite for Christian Williams, we've got Rams to a tie for David Pipe at 10-3, Empire Steel 6-1, to 1. Potter's Corner 7s, um, and it's 9-1 to 1 bar. Uh, you can kick us off here on this one, Dan, if you don't mind. Short, noise, pray, but, uh, short enough favourite again with Strictly uh, a dancer. Is he the most likely winner, or are you going elsewhere?
1: Well, he's the most obviously progressive, isn't he? He's won back-to-back hmm. Cheltenham handicaps, and the market has spoke strongly for him on both occasions, but it's a fairly quick turnaround, and um it obviously was aided as well by the unseat of one of the main dangers at the second last but yeah he's a progressive horse i do think this is a deeper race in terms of quality though even if it's not in terms of field size actually i like empire steel as a horse think he'll do well this season but i just have no idea how i'll cope under these conditions so i'm going to go with christian Williams' second string again can't be massively confident but i thought potter's corner showed a lot more than the bare result at in the cross-country race he he didn't run as well as he'd done in it 12 months prior Mm. but his handicap marks down to 137 now he was dropped for it despite i thought him showing loads of enthusiasm shapes if loads of his ability remains i think he probably even though it seems hard to do i think he just overdid it on the cross-country course normally they don't come back do they but they did a bit more in that race so i was inclined to think that was a run that indicates he's building back up to something yes he's 11 but he's we mentioned with Next Destination, he's not a heavily campaigned 11-year-old by any means. So he looks the second string. Maybe the market will tell us that he's a clear second string, but as a win-only prospect, I thought he had claims. What about you, TC? Um, Favourite, most likely winner? Would you agree with Dan? Uh, yeah, I, I can see
3: him drifting, though. Uh, but 13 to to 4 doesn't really do it for me. You know, he's up 12 pounds and meeting some some horses with proven form around here, none more so than round here to tie. Um Around about the seventy-two four-to-one mark on the exchange, I think Ramsey Detai is uh, a pretty solid proposition here. Obviously, he didn't do much first time out over hurdles, but he always comes on a, a ton for his second run of the se- uh, for his first run of the season, and his 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 record second time out is very good. One in one second time up in eighteen and twenty as well. So I think the handicap has done him a massive favour here. I mean, he didn't run that badly in the Midlands National last time. and He's dropped five pounds uh, since then in one hit after a back of a. Uh, a fair fair enough run I thought was, was massive so he's gone from 152 to 147 which allows him to get into this 0-145 off the ceiling mark of 147 because oh. he's had yeah, two pound grace got a good, got a good course form always comes on for a run ground maybe want it a bit easier but I think good to soft will be right for him I just think he, he's probably been aimed at this race after that run after that hurdles uh, comeback at Newbury.
0: Stephen's form, not a question. I I don't know. I, did I read Stephen Piper hasn't been in great form so far this season? I don't. know. he your run
3: well enough last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, run, that's, um, sure. that's, true. that's true. I just think you know some horses look to be target certain tracks, and given his course form, given the falling handicap, mark, given the run, given the whole profile of the race, and I'm I'm looking to take on a, the the short price favourite, strictly a dancer. Uh, I thought Ramsay to tie at around about four on the exchange win only um, was, was well worth a bet. Okay, Ramsay to
0: tie for at MTC. What about you, Ruby? Have you I, been?
3: Was in, I agree with, with Tony. I, I love horses
2: for courses, especially head up handicap chases. I know the ground to be slightly different, but he did win here off 148. He's running off 147. They're taking three off his back, bringing him back under the 12 stone to 11 stone 13. And in just a race that, to be honest with you, I didn't have a massively strong opinion on, I wouldn't be having a bet. I think Ramsey's a tie is the one if you want to.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, add a bit of value then against the short price favourite. That's uh, hey. done so on Saturday, lads. We move on to Ascot if we can and we have one, two, three to talk about here. The Chanel Pharma 1965 chase uh, two miles and five furlongs just over that and Dashiell Drasher is your five to two favourite for Jeremy Scott. Deffy Desoy, our old pal, is... Um, it's entered here at 10-3 to 3 for Philip Hobbs. I don't know what you make about his chances. Um, lost in translation as well. Another one who's kind of been there and done that, but really lost his way last season, 7-2. to 2, So did the stable, I guess. Master Tommy Tucker for Paul Nichols is in there at 9-2. to 2. Uh, Benny's Kings 7-1. to Let's have what you like about pistol-whipped. Ruby, a um, couple of old names that we're familiar with here as well. I don't know which of the, say, Deffy Destroy lost in translation. Um, Two, y- you'd kind of lean towards, if any. But uh, how do you see
2: this race? I wouldn't be leaning towards either, uh, Hugh, to tell you the truth. Okay. And you look at Dashiell drasher we haven't seen since last February. Deffy Desai and Lost in Translation both had seasons last year that connections would sooner forget about. And I ended up coming down on a horse that I'm not a massive fan of, but has a decent run under his belt, who improved for a run last year too. He was beaten first time up at Newton Abbott, he then went and, went and won at Haydock. And that's master Tommy Tucker. Sam Twiston Davis rides him, he befits a flea. He ran well for a long way behind Indefatigable at Newbury over three miles. I don't think he quite saw it out. I think dropping back down to two miles and five furlongs on suits him. I don't think he's the best horse, but I think he could be the most likely winner.
0: Okay. All right. That's interesting. And he is a bit of a headbanger as well, you know, on his day, but said he will be fighting fit and Paul will have him really sharp for this one. What about you, TC? Um, which of these makes
3: most appeal or does any really? Um, any well, I'm signing against Stachel Drasher, Master Tommy Tucker and Pistol Whip because... They, I think they're going to be vying for the lead. Obviously, jockeys, you know, could adopt some common sense if something goes a bit too hard early on. But I think there could be competition for the lead. So I'm looking for something to, you know, to pick up the pieces. Like Ruby, I'm, I'm not looking for the best horse. I'm looking for the horse that's going to be suited most of the conditions, and that to me is, is Benny's King. Doesn't stay three miles, so he's run over three miles when he's pulled up here on his reappearance. Put a line through that. I think Dan Skelton, obviously, I think he's probably targeted this race. All his best forms come at Ascot over two mile five, two mile three. He probably wants softer ground. We should say the ground at the, at, the, at the time of recording at midday. It's it's good ground at Ascot, even though the going stick reasons suggest it's soft borderline heavy. But uh, I think Benny's king after that run. He's got a brilliant record uh, second time out. Um, so back to his best trip. Um, I, I think he's um, I think he's the most um, he, he's the best he's the best bet at the current price win only around about the 7-1 to one mark but um, I think if Lost in tra- Translation comes back to form they've all got him to beat but obviously that's a big if but the stable form gives you a lot of confidence that he may well come back
0: Okay and last word to you Dan on this then please
1: Yeah, um, yeah not, not taking m- Deffy or Lost <laughs> in Translation yet I'm going to take the latter not be mo- not be very simpatico so far we'll not be much agreement but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's sort of He's drinking in the last chance saloon to say the least. He's coming here on the back of his third wind up. I mean, his wind must be must be terrible. But if there's if there are angles for why he might finally arrive, a why they're bothering keeping him going. Is this lost nine. in translation, Dan? Yeah, lost in yeah, translation. Yeah. He's nine. He's been a tremendous servant for him. On this day two years ago, he was winning a Bet Fair Chase. Um, seeing off Bristol De May. Clearly, things have gone badly wrong since, but he's had few starts away from absolutely bottomless as Tony's saying I don't think it will be absolutely bottomless the third wind up may have worked but obviously the stable form a big factor as well they're having a, a way better time of things than they had last year if he doesn't do anything on Saturday then he's a completely busted flush they probably should just retire him but I thought there were a few reasons to think that as again win only chancy horse that this might be a time to catch him and give him one more chance because ostensibly for me him and Defi DeSoy are way better than the others and maybe neither will give the running, but I think if one of them does, they will win. So I just thought there was more reason to think that Lost in Translation might bounce back.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, well, I was. He has lost his way, though, but it'd be great to see him bounce back this weekend, as you say. Um, the 240 is the Ascot hurdle, then. It's a uh, great two, two miles, two and a half miles just under, and we have bulls for Nicky Henderson. 11 to 10 at the top of the market here. Uh, Goshen is in it back for more. If you're still starting with Goshen, I think you need as much of your head read as that horse's head needs reading Song for Someone is 5 to 1 Molly's Eyes Wishes is 6 to 1 and Guard your dreams at uh, 13 to 2 um, Ruby uh, any reason to think that Goshen might come and uh, actually surprise me and a lot of people who think he's an absolute headbanger or is Buzz the most likely winner at 11 to 10
2: something cheap like you were trying to pawn definitely a sigh and lost in, translation often in the last race so he didn't manage to win a race last year I <laughs> guess my memory is completely gone Goshen bolted in at Wincanton last February but look hey I could, I could my memory could be completely shot to bits no your um, memory's
0: better than mine your memory is definitely better
2: than mine I think Goshen's going the right way around I think the trip will suit him I think he's a very talented horse but right now looking for the winner of this race I think it's Buzz Kraken running Cesar which I think he improved considerably for stepping up from two to two and a half last year at entry, He was second to, to not so sleepy, and glory, both over the minimum distance. And I thought going up and trip brought about improvement in him. He's fitting well from his run on the flat. And I think Pose is the most, most likely winner. But like, it will surprise me if Deffy DeSoyer lost in translation haven't had so long out of form come back. It won't surprise me at all if Goshen wins. I mean, he only had an outstanding run seven months ago.
0: Yeah fair enough what about you Dan
1: um, yeah it's obviously hard another really trappy betting race isn't it uh, they should be paced though Goshen we know He's well I think he's better when they just let the elastic band go I know he wasn't ridden that aggressively when he won the when he won the Kingwell last season um, but Ollie, Molly Ollie's wishes is an aggressively ridden horse song for someone when he won the race last season made every yard he might be value he's the rag of the field but He's back over the right trip. He won the race last season when he was able to dominate. Perhaps that won't happen here. I think he's a very ha- hard favourite to knock. Just a very hard favourite to get beat. And he's he's fit. He's in form. He improved throughout last season. He's an extremely dependable horse. Now, no, it, his best form was actually under James Bowen and Kevin Brogan towards the end of the season. But Nico's ridden him uh, pretty much exclusively prior to that. And, I mean, he, his form's probably better than them anyway. Certainly his recent form's better than them. 315, then that got the Jerry Bertrand, uh, Hearst
0: Park handicap chase, uh, two miles, 167 yards. Um, it's the last one I'd ask what we're going to talk about before we move on to Sunday. And Navin, um, before midnight, is your two to one favourite. Sky Pirate is in at seven to two. You've got a Moolah Gold, 11 to two who won last time out. Kevin Blake napped him as well at a nice old price. Diego de Charmiel at six to one. Monsieur Lecoq at sixes and uh, Silly Dock, aye, aye a seven to one for the Scousers. <laughs> Dallas is in at 12 to one. Right, TC, kick us off here. Um, who do you like, please, in the last fight at Ascot? I'll
3: be very brief here. I thought yeah. this was a very, very nasty seven-runner race. Um, yeah. I can see the case of before midnight getting on an easy lead again. Monsieur Lecoq might might put it up to him but I think he'll get an easy lead but a two to one in a race where you can literally make a case for everything at the various prices um, it's not a race that I'm going to have a bet in so I'm not going to recommend anybody else does what about yourself Ruby Walsh
2: Um, I would be a little bit like TC I wanted to hear what he had to say about the Goshen race but you never gave him a chance Um,
3: um, am I allowed to a quick line on that I think Buzz is the right favourite obviously. I think 11 to 10 is a fair price. If, you, if you're playing in this race, go without the favourite guard your dreams. Uh, that Cheltenham win came in a really good time. Uh, the forms worked out brilliantly. Cool Cody Mayer won the Paddy Power. The four-fart approvals come out and gagged up and Captain Morg due to run on Friday afternoon at Ascot. If he wins, uh, the opening 10s is gone. I think the if Captain Morgs wins, I think the 8s is going gonna, to uh, gonna disappear as well. So maybe, I think Buzz will win, but I think guard your dreams
0: without the favourite,
2: around about 4.72 is a very fair price. And um, Ruby, the last race at Ascot then? Have you viewed that? I, I'd probably side with Sully, Doc, if I had to. Um Would you, yeah? I a good okay. winner of Pontchastown thought he'd improve for the run behind Amula Gold at Ascot in his last start. And again, as Tony said, it's a, I think his description of it was best. It's a nasty seven-runner race.
0: Yeah, it is. Okay, lovely. Um, Ruby, you and I are um, at Navan on... Sunday for the Troy Town, and there's a couple of races we want to talk about there. We have the Amongst Novice Hurdle, and Gordon Elliott has both Ginto and Holland games entered in this. Um, so that's interesting in and of itself, given that they both run in the same uh, colors. You have a uh, Ferdy as well for uh, Danny Mullins and John Ryan. You've got the Little Yank, you've got Baron Akulia, uh, Wowsham, and Lunar Display. So, seven runners in the Novice Hurdle, Amongst Field, um, and Gordon's two will probably take a lot of attention. Davy Russell, I think, has opted for Hollow Games, which would suggest that he's the most uh, likely winner of those two. Is he proposition to you?
2: I think whichever one turns up, Hugh will win. Obviously, it's Friday morning declarations. I'd be shocked if Jinto and Hollow Games both run by Sunday, and it'll be whichever one of Garden's runs, I think, will win the race. And I think just when we skip by Saturday, 12 o'clock tomorrow. Arguably, the most exciting horse of the day runs at Goran Park, and that's Bob Ollinger. Darrow Keith writes him. He'd be good and short, not a betting proposition for anybody, but definitely worth watching for the future.
0: Okay, lovely stuff. I'll just to give you the prices as well um, for the Monksfield. So, Ginter is 9 uh, to 4, Hollow Games 8 to 11, and obviously, Davey on board for that. So, if they, if they both turn up, they'll be disputing favouritism between them. And then you have a Lunar Display at 15 to 2. You have a uh, Ferdia 33 to 1, the little Yang 25. So, really, I think Gordon would appear to have it wrapped up between them, but obviously, we'll wait and see what happens to play in the race uh, itself. And um, the big one of the day, and um, then later on, is obviously the Troy Town, uh, Ruby and uh, Far Class is your um 11 to 2 favorite at the time of recording. You have the likes of uh, Deffy Bleu in there at uh, 13 to 2, Run Wild Fred, Definite Plan is in there at 7 to 1, Top Moon 15 to 2. Uh, Lord Oil nine to one, and it's ten to one bar. And um, again, it's a wide open enough renewal of the Troy Town and um, an interesting race. Ruby, have you a standout of the prices? Anything that's, that you might take a fancy?
2: I think there's plenty of value. I, I just think Far Clark kind of strikes me as the kind of horse that the handicapper really has. I mean, he's run really well in the Paddy Power last Christmas, he was third, he then ran the Leopard Chase. He was fourth he was second at Cheltenham behind the Shunter and fifth in the Grand National all off marks between 142 to 146 and he's heading in here off 148 I think he can be placed but I just think the handicapper seems to have him that that he can't win a race like this I think Lord Royal is interesting for Willie I thought he was going to win when he fell in Thorless on his first start he had a good second to Mr Hendrick but I'd just like to see some more of Win- Willie's winter horses out before I'd be sticking my neck out for him. And the one I thought at a price that could run a race was discordantly for Jessica Harrington. I think her horse is in particularly good form. I like this fella's fourth in the race last year behind a jam man. And um, I think he's an each way shout in a very competitive handicap chase. Okay, good stuff. So, discordantly 12 to 1. What about you, Dan? I, I mean, that's a, it's a competitive, as I say, it's
0: a
1: wide open race here. Um, is, is there anything that stands out as a bet to you? Um, Ruby mentioned a couple of them. Yeah. Willie's horse is, I think he still strikes having a lot of potential, but there is a stable, slight stable concern. But I, I'm not as negative on Farclar. I think he's run in some very strong handicaps. And in in hindsight, he had an impossible task to try to beat the shunter under a, a ride where he found himself further back than the eventual winner. So I, I take that freak of a horse out of it. And he's basically won a competitive handicap there at the Cheltenham Festival. Wasn't disgraced in the national when things didn't go ideally. I think he's he's definitely going to be placed. He's he, he In a big handicap, I don't just want to say each way bets to nothing, but he strikes that way when you get in so many places to go at.
0: Okay. So, um, good stuff, lads. That's pretty much done and dusted apart from our naps at the weekend. Just a reminder as well, in, in the Betfair, the 225 uh, on Saturday at Haydock, if your horse fails to finish first, second, third or fourth, we're going to fund re- re- losing bets for up to £10 or €10 Euro on either the exchange or the sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply. Check out the Promo Hub and Betfair as well for full details. And with that, just starting off the naps, I might as well take it up because I'm going for if the cap fits in the Betfair hurdle as my nap of the weekend. Win only, trying to chase down Tony Calvin and and I should say Kevin Blake and Dan Barber here. So uh, I think I need a winner at a decent price. I'll go for if the cap fits. Um, Ruby Walsh, your nap of the weekend, please
2: your naps about napping winners aren't they it does feel to nap the winner at the Betfair Chase Um, such a a brilliant race that it is but for a nap I'm going to Gorham Park at three minutes past one for I like the way you're thinking I like the way you're
0: thinking okay good stuff Ruby what about yourself TC where's the Tony Calvin nap going this weekend?
3: Um, I was going to go with Don Levant but the price has kind of run away with me I think he will drift a little bit but I think Don Levant's a, a good thing but I'm going to play a bit safer and I'm going to Ramsey to tie in the 335 at Haydock I think he's got everything going for him against an underpriced
1: favourite. Okay, to Tatar,
0: ten tall. to three, if memory serves me correct. And for yourself, Dan Barber, no pressure. Your miles clear of us peasants here. Who are you going to tip?
1: Uh, properly thin pickings, I think, this weekend as a betting card, a, a yeah. betting lineup. But windy Barbara's Barry calls. So I'm going to be windy again. I'm going to go. Did they leave you out to each way or winning place in that Betfair exchange? Stayers handicap hurdle. Like, hey, doc, please.
0: Okay, good stuff today Dave too for Dan Barber. All right, we're back on Monday with Wade in. It should be a cracking weekend. Enjoy the Bedford Chase um, at Haydack and all the rating as well this weekend, whether it's in the UK or in Ireland. We'll be back on Monday morning with Wade in. As always, terms, um, please gamble responsibly and Ruby, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Please, pleasure. Thanks weekend. Ruby. Talk to you soon.
3: Cheers lads. See you all.